Today we have Kasia Cummings, which who is the founder of Buffalo Gal Organics, and I find her to be a breath of fresh air. She's just darling uh, to talk with, and she has an interesting story. So she was a chemist, and she creates all of these skincare uh, products and a variety of things like candles and body lotions and things of that nature. But she started, she was a chemist by trade, and then she started creating a few products for her daughter because her daughter was struggling with really dry skin and nothing that they purchased was working. And so, and she was allergic to a lot of things. So she created a couple of solutions for her daughter, and then they worked so well that she started thinking, oh, maybe something's here. So then she started creating a product and then creating another product and going on from there. So she has an online business and she has a storefront. Um, she also carries a variety of things like teas and scrubs and serums and all kinds of things. Um so without further ado, um, let's get to it. super excited to have Pasha Cummings with us today, who is the founder of Buffalo Gal Skincare. And she has a great story and her products, I haven't tried them yet, but they look amazing. And she's doing fantastic things. So super excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be joining you this morning. Yay. Okay. So we're just going to dive in and I want to hear our audience wants to hear our listeners want to hear like, how do you start? How do you come about starting a skincare line? Is it something you always wanted to do? Cause you have a unique history. I know that you shared some with me, but you come from more of the chemistry clinical background, right? So Correct. did you always have that in the back of your mind? How did you start? When did you start and why did you start? How about that? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, there's simple questions right from the beginning. Right, um, right. We just died. So I am a medicinal chemist by trade, and I really was more in that pharmaceutical drug development background. So I worked from anything from small, tiny little reactions to big, huge pilot plant things, making chemicals or pharmaceuticals. And I did a lot of anti-cancer research. So that's where yeah. I started out. And I, I have a question. How yeah. much time is spent doing research versus mixing? Wow. Well, I think it depends on, on what you're trying to make. And really a big portion of what I do before I even step up to the bench will be a, you know, research about, you know, what is this, what is this ingredient? How does it play well in the sandbox with other things? 
you know, is there something that I'm missing in the current formulations that I have that make it more efficacious? So I really, you know, it depends on the product, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. But research, I'm constantly, I'm either on my phone or on the computer or, you know, in books and just like researching and trying to find different ingredients and best practices, to be honest. So mm -hmm. it takes a lot. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but. No, we're all good. Just wondering. Okay. So go ahead. <laughs> so I, I got pregnant with my first daughter and decided to leave so that I could be a little more attentive to my kids and not be in the whole chemistry toxic environment. I know it sounds like it's really bad. You know, there are a lot of safety precautions, but you're working with chemicals on a daily basis. And I was pregnant and limited some of the things I could do. So I decided to leave and I really just went into a different profession. I actually went into the food industry and I was there and I did a lot of cooking with food versus cooking with chemicals, I, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've always had that passion for that. So I think it's always translated from a young age that I've always liked to have my hands in the mix yeah. and, and it kind of went that way. And then my younger daughter started having contact dermatitis on her hands from using hand sanitizer and you know, it was one of those moments where I thought to myself, I can make her something, you know, yeah. why not? Right? right. So again, I did the research. So I wanted to see what it took. And I, with a, I think it was like a hundred dollar investment at the time, bought some supplies and made my first lotion in the kitchen sink, you know? That's awesome. And, yeah. And it really was very cliche because I made that lotion and it was kind of like the angels sang and the sky opened up and I got the yeah. chills. And I'm like, oh, this is what <laughs> I'm supposed to be doing, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> like, uh, you know, God planted yeah. that seed and the universe pulled it all together, right? Like, oh, no kidding, for sure. So that's really where I started. It wasn't an intentional path that I was going to be taking. I always have been an ingredient deck reader. It was kind of, I would laugh at myself almost because you're in the shower and I'm like reading my shampoo bottle. That's me. <laughs> Always been me. So I think that's really kind of where I started out and how it came to fruition. And, you know, that was 12 years ago. Yeah. And little by little, it was a very part-time venture. And in 2014, I left my pay the bills job and just, just took the leap to do this full time. And now I have brick and mortar. I've been in this location since 2017. So it's just growing, yeah. you know, organically. That's awesome. Okay. So you started with a lotion for the hands to remedy the issue your daughter was having. So did you start with just one product? Because I feel like if I, uh, like I've built a software company, but I've never built like a product company. Right. So I know that you probably have grandiose ideas when you start doing this, but you've got to start somewhere, right? I once had a chef tell me, um, if you're going to be good at something, be the best at it, like make the best hamburgers and make that be your thing, right? So did you start out with lotion and then how did that morph over time? Because sure. I think some people think they got to build all of it at once, right? And not... <laughs> Yeah, we want all the things and yeah. get that in every way. But, you know, and I think when I first started out, because I really wasn't intending to, to start this as a business, I just did it as something that was a necessity, mm -hmm. you know? And actually, when you think about it, the most successful businesses are the ones that actually solve a problem. Yep. I was solving a problem. And it just was a real, like, I, 
you know, my friends and family were like, oh, what's this? I'm like, oh, smell this. And like, you know, they would walk around with their hand pasted to their face going, you know, because like, oh, this smells so good. And, you know, in the meantime, I actually, you know, started more on a holistic journey as well. So it was like really cleaning up your act at the same time of actually producing. So I did have grandiose ideas. I thought I would be like, I don't know, the next L'Oreal or whatever right. when I first started. But the reality is that I think that advice you were given is 100% right. Do something, do one thing really well, and everything else will kind of fall into place. You know, I can tell you, probably much to my customers' dismay, I have morphed and changed so many products over the years. But I feel that it was always in the efforts of continuous improvement to give them something superior to what I had done prior. Mm -hmm. So now when I look at all the products I have, it's like... Wow. Okay. I got a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. Yeah. But one step at a time, really. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your product or your ingredient, like your recipe. That's the word I'm looking for. You got your recipe for, was, was lotion the first thing you launched? What was the first thing you launched? Yeah, I would say I was very much bath and body. And as I started going into and learning more about holistic practices and being organic. I am a holistic coach as well. So all of this became my lifestyle. And then finding and looking at the ingredient decks in in skincare, not just body hair, but skincare. I was like, ah, yeah, what is this? You know, what is methyl isothiazolinone? You know, like what is that junk? So it was, it started with a lotion, but it was very part-time. I really just kind of did what I call the gypsy road show circuit, you know, you're going to different things. It's, it was really kind of unexciting. And then really came into that skincare aspect where I, I really found home. I think that's a good way to put it because yeah. that's where I felt I excelled because I knew that I could make some products that were actionable and that could do some really great things for people's skin, help solve some problems that people were really challenged with. Yeah. So yeah, speaking of the ingredients that I would say the normal folk don't know how to pronounce, I, it's amazing what people don't know. And I mean, I still don't know if I'm reading these ingredients, if I can't pronounce it, then I probably have no clue what it is. But from a recruiting standpoint, I was talking to someone, I was, I don't know, it was like a marketing position. I don't even know what position it was, but anyway, she worked at a chemical company and she was explaining to me all this stuff. I'm like, you're telling me that you sell chemicals, the same chemicals to a paint company as you do a cosmetics company. She's like, yeah. I'm like, what? So <laughs> what we're putting on our face goes in paint and like cleaners. She's like, yeah, unfortunately. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is disturbing. <laughs> it's scary. And I've always said what you put on your skin, you eat. Yeah. And think about when the second ingredient is a paraben and yeah, it has certain properties in order to a preserve a product or give it more slip or something along those lines. But what's the outcome? Your body has to process that in some way, shape or form. I think we take that for granted Mm -hmm. that what we put on our bodies, we have to process somehow that has Mm -hmm. to go through our whole system. So it affects every single part of us, whether we'd like to believe that or not, it's science. So it's kind of scary. It really is kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. True. My acupuncturist says you can only control so much. Like you can do everything right, but 
when you, the moment you step outside of your house or you get in a car, like just the chemicals in a car, or you're going to a store, your body's taking all that in and like your liver will never be detoxed. <laughs> you live in the U.S., right? I was like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's really sad. <laughs> I know. It's depressing. And I'm like, well, I just won't think about it then. <laughs> yeah. You can only so you control what you can control. And I think right. that's the perfect lesson. So if you have a choice and you once you know you can't unknow. Right. So once you look at an ingredient deck and know what's in there and know what you're putting on your skin, you kind of think twice where you're like, mm -hmm. oh, oh yeah, really that's not so good. Maybe I'm gonna put that back on the shelf. So you can control that aspect and you can't right. control what the environment is. So Yeah, I could like ask gazillion questions about products right now, but I'm, I'm going to refrain because this is really about your story. So you started this and then you left your job in 2014 and went full time on this, right? And so you have the brick and mortar, but then like what's been your strategy? Because I feel like the product world is, it's overwhelming sometimes to try to figure out you want to try everything, right? But like what has been successful for you from a business standpoint, as far as leveraging and getting the name of your products out there? And then I have more questions after that, but go ahead and answer that. Okay. Well, initially it was being very local with a name like Buffalo Gal. I am from Buffalo, New York, so mm -hmm. it really kind of made sense. So I do have a local presence and I think that's really how I started. I did start out on the traditional websites like Etsy and things like that and then eventually got my own website. And I, before the brick and mortar, I was either in person or at or online. It was really just this small little trying to grow my gathering within my community and at that point, there really weren't many people doing organic skincare. Mm, so, right. yep. you know, so, and now there are a few more within the area, but really it was just a few of us and me starting and maybe one or two other people that had this type of vision and goal. So the strategy was initially not a strategy. It was just like, how do I show people who I am mm -hmm. and talk with them and, and talk about my story right then and there, right face to face. And I think that's always been my personal strong suit. I'm really big about product education and I'm really big about not having to buy 30 million products. I would really, I want you to have one product you love. And then if you love that product, you'll buy something else. Yeah. You know, so it's never been about that. How am I going to scale my business? At least not initially. Now it's that, but you know, starting out, it was really just social media, which, you know, at that point was still newer as well and just trying to to tell my story face to face and obviously now i'm trying to you know now it's more social media now it's with people like yourself and trying to go on a larger scale so that's a little more difficult when right. you're the one that's done it from the beginning so it's hustle in every way yeah <laughs> it, and it doesn't stop right the hustling doesn't stop so do you make all of your products there or do you outsource like how do you source your ingredients i find this part of the business fascinating so it's a combination of different things initially i was making everything and then you get to a point that you really don't want to work 24 7 mm -hmm. and even though you still kind of do but so there are certain things that i outsource to an organic manufacturer and then and they're my formulations and then there are things that i make in-house like all of our serums are made in-house and things like that so it's really a split it's really a split between the two and and like so the stuff you make yourself is that you bottle it and yeah package it as well 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's kind of funny. And it, I probably at some point will have to let some of that go just mm-hmm. as I as I scale my business. But I actually really love that part of the business. I Like I said, I've always liked to cook. So that hands-on experience for me mm-hmm. has always been that it's in me. Same thing when I was doing chemical reactions, same thing when I'm making product. It's it's the concept is the same. The action is the same. And I kind of love that. So I feel that there's still a personal touch. I can control the, the batches. I can control what goes into them. I know what's happening. So it's, mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal yeah, to me. It is a big deal. Huh. Okay. So what would you say throughout your journey, what would you say some of the obstacles you've faced have been and how did you overcome them? And wow. it could be anywhere from, and I know we all have, like we all face challenges, but like it can be anywhere from getting your name out or from packaging, or if there's like, you don't do international stuff, right? Like yeah, at this point, no, yeah. no, just because of the, the regulations and the shipping. And then it, it's just, at this point, we're just continental US and sometimes Canada, but oh. I, not, not so much. Did you have any, well, quick question. Did you have any yeah. issues during the COVID or post COVID in getting ingredients? With out a doubt. And so that actually, I was just going to say, like, it depends on what phase of the, this whole juncture that you're talking yeah, yeah. about, because, you know, my challenges pre-COVID are were very different during COVID and after COVID. So it, it really, I'll probably speak to that because it's a little more relevant with everybody right now. And mm-hmm. we're all kind of feeling it in some way, shape or form. Packaging was huge. I can tell you that, you know, and scalability of that packaging, because I think that's one of the things you find a manufacturer that has certain packaging and you need smaller quantities. And that's always a challenge to find a manufacturer that will have more quantity in a reasonable time at a reasonable price. So that being able to jump from that small Mm -hmm. to that larger is, is a challenge. So that's the subset of this, but during COVID everything went berserk and, and nobody knew what was happening. And I find that yes, during that initial time frame, everybody kind of panicked. So there were things that were out of stock, but it kind of calmed down. Mm -hmm. Then once things reopened, that's when we really saw the pinch points because there was no refractory time. There was no buy on demand. You had to plan. You didn't have a choice before I could just click, 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 go on my computer and go to my manufacturer and say, Hey, I need 20 of this. And it was there within two or three days. Now it's, I need to wait a few weeks and maybe it's in stock or maybe it's not in stock or maybe it'll never be in stock again. Do you overstock that when it's available? Are you creating the product and having it on hand so you have it whenever your orders come in? Come in, or how do you solve that issue? I, I think there were there were past. I'm not not this year so much, but the year prior with that learning curve that I'd have out of stocks. What are you going to do? And this was not just me as a unique situation. It was many people, but you become resourceful. So the place that you went to yesterday, you might need to go to five places now to get the same, or you might have to have a a phone call with them and say, Hey, I know I need X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to need this over this timeframe. Is that something you can do? So it's been about strangely enough, trying to create more intimate connections with those suppliers versus the faceless connection on an internet. Or on a computer because you really want to make sure that you're in business and that they can supply you. If not, you've got to go somewhere else. Right. So I, I mean, I would say that 
because I have been growing my business, I can scale and do a larger batch, but I really am a big proponent of make as you go. So as I see my demand increase, I make a larger batch, but I'm still really cognizant because many things are hands-on still that I can say, okay, I can project that this is going to be out of stock hopefully within a week. So this is on my production list now. Mm. And it just, you start to get a rhythm and a flow. What is the shelf life of like organic products, skincare? Okay. Well, that depends on the product itself. So okay. if you have something that has a high water content, that that shelf life, depending on what the preservative you're using, will be anything from non-existent, if you don't use a preservative, to six months, eight months, 12 months. So every preservative will have a different shelf life and, and depending on ratios and contents of, of what that water capacity is. And then you go to anything that's oil driven that has zero water to it, where you don't necessarily need a preservative system to it, mm -hmm. that can go up to two years. So it really ranges in between there. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's yeah, I know it's informational and vague at the same time, because it really does depend really on what water content is in there and, and the other ingredients that you put in. Yeah. So, and the containers you use, if you use an airless container or a container that constantly introduces oxygen, your shelf life is going to be dramatically different mm. because bacteria needs oxygen to grow. So yeah. I want to say a year, a year is the sweet spot for mm. people who like are kind of questioning with, if you open a product within three months, sometimes six, uh, six months for an oil, three months for water content based, because you have that oxygen introduction that will grow bacteria mm -hmm. and fungus and all those. I don't think I've ever seen a shelf life written on skincare products. It depends. Like you, you don't necessarily have to put that on there. Mm -hmm. uh, like for me, we're manufacturing through, so I know which batch goes and goes and goes. So like if it's out on the shelf and I manufactured it a month ago and it's gone, I know that there's a certain amount of time frame, you know, to guarantee for my customers. On some of the cosmetics, you'll see there's like a little cosmetic compact. If you look mm -hmm. at the really tiny, tiny print and it tells you the shelf life of the product mm -hmm. from when you buy it. Well, that's good to know. I guess yeah. I don't pay attention. I just rip open the package. And... <laughs> <laughs> I need to look. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So tell us everything that you're like selling. You sell skincare? Yes. So we have comprehensive skincare lines. Our, what I call the creme de la creme is our magic mushroom line. And that's been the one that we Ooh. launched this year. It's so amazing. It's like, I'm very proud of it because it really is one of the most multi-purpose lines for skincare, meaning that if you're oily and acneic, you can use it. If you're normal or combination, you can use it. If you're dry and dehydrated, you can use it. Each component will adapt and adjust to what your skincare needs are. So that's a really big deal. So that's, I would say that's our piece of the resistance. And then we have other lines throughout that as well. One for like oilier skin, one for skin, one for just kind of middle of the road skin, but we also do bath and body. So we have a line that is geared towards super sensitized skin and skin that has gone through cancer chemotherapy treatment mm. as well. So that's our Buffalo organics line. And it's definitely, it does help. It helps with post radiation burns. It helps with skin texture because your skin completely changes when you've gone through some type of treatment like that, you're super dehydrated, textural thinness, thickness, whole nine yards. So that's designed to help with that. So that's also another very popular line. And then we also have two other brands under our umbrella. So we have Beautify Tea 
and that's an all organic tea line that we make. Yum. It's so good. I'm telling you, delicious. And I love, I love coffee, but I love tea as well. So I really, those are my go-tos. That was born during the pandemic. Um, I love it. Of course it was. Yeah. And then we have a, a sustainable candle line called Lux Luminary. And that is same situation, born during, out of necessity and during the pandemic. And it was really, those two lines were were kind of a, a personal exploration for myself because I, I really like candles. I really like tea. And I wasn't finding the things out there in the marketplace that I wanted to, you know, I wanted those boxes to get checked off. I wanted them organic. I wanted them at a decent price point. I wanted them as sustainable. I didn't want like for the candles, there's, we use cotton wicks and coconut and soy wax as sustainably sourced. So it was really about how are we impacting the environment, impacting our health. And it's, it's like a 360 scope because your health is not just what you, again, put on your skin. It's your environment, the toxins in your environment. What are you putting into your body? So it's really, it's kind of that integrative mix that we've become. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to try some. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, what are your, like, what's next? Like, what are your goals and what do you want your legacy to be? That can be personal or with your business either. Okay. Honey, you don't have that long on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I try to keep my questions to a minimum, but a couple of them are pretty powerful, even though yeah, I can that's, ask that's questions all day long, like no joke. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do, how about we do professional and we do personal Okay. because they, they intertwine because Buffalo Gal is me. Yep. So, you know, as much as it's my business, it is a very personal venture for myself. When you are buying something that I make, it's something that it's a part of me. It's what mm -hmm. I've created. This is what I've worked for, for all of my life, even though I didn't know that I was going towards this point. It's a part of me. So I feel very personally connected to when somebody walks through my door or somebody buys online or, or however it is, because, you know, I'm putting part of myself out there. Yeah. So it's... It's I also find that business, when you're a founder like yourself and an entrepreneur, I have learned the hard way over the past few years that the success of your business, I truly think reflects, is reflective of your personal, internal health and mental, physical, like it, both of them directly impact each other without you even realizing it and mm -hmm. can help you or limit you. How about that? Yeah, you bring your energy with you wherever yes. you go. Yes, and it, So and it doesn't matter if, you're, if your home life is, is crazy and you bring it to work, it affects your work. If your work yeah. is crazy, you bring it home with you. Right. And as much as we try to delineate that for ourselves, I feel that there's the essence of who we are that you, you can't sidestep. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely, it's, I feel that that's totally affecting everything yeah. without a doubt. Spiritually, um, physically, mentally, like all of it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because as bosses, right, or I have employees and I have been an employee, they're always like, well, check your emotions at the door. You know, just leave right. it. You know, you got to check it. Sometimes that's not possible. No matter how much you check it, you think you check it, you don't check it because yeah. it's how you interact. It's your energy throughout the day and, and how you interact with other people and people feel it, whether they acknowledge that or not. Yeah. Well, especially when it, you're invested so much. I mean, like you said, this is you, right? It's part mm -hmm. of you. Like anyway, yeah. so 
back yes. to your legacies and your goals. And my goals. Well, for really, well, for both, you know, it is, how do I scale my business? I'm trying to scale it now. We have so many wonderful things that are happening. We're part of the Conscious Beauty Collective, which is launching September 1st in Boston, Massachusetts. So that is, well, I know you know about what that is. Yeah, but, you know, that's awesome. For those that's who are just, can you, can you give us a little few second blip about sure. that? Like, yeah, it, it's a, it, it's a combination of 30 plus clean beauty brands that encompass wellness and beauty. So it's not just necessarily skincare or makeup or anything along those lines. There's some ingestibles and there's different products. So it's, it's hair care, it's body care, it's skin care, it's your internal health as well. And it, it really is one of the most amazing collection of, of entrepreneurs that I've seen, cause we're all smaller. And for us to get into something like a Sephora would cost millions of dollars and we we're still small. It pairs into something like that. Mm -hmm. And for us to have that ability to come together and support each other and help each other grow. And really it's like, it's sometimes it's a conversation you have with another fellow entrepreneur that you're like, oh my God, I never thought about that. Or, oh, wow, that was so much simpler. So it's like, it's that support level. So that's why I just, I don't know. I find it to be an amazing springboard for all of us mm -hmm. as we come together, because I feel that we get lost in the shuffle. And this is a way for us to not be lost in the shuffle that we yeah. can support each other. There's a, there's enough pie for everyone. I always say that. And yeah. if we come together and we help each other grow, what an amazing thing, because we all have amazing products. We, our brands are great, but singularly, we may not be able to have the impact on the world that we would have coming together. So that's what that's all about. So I'm jazzed. Yes. That's awesome. That's launching September 1st. Correct. And is yep. that like public? Is that open to public? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be at the Natick Mall. So that's like not even half an hour out of Boston City proper. But we have an amazing space. I can't wait. And we do our launch September 1st. We have our, our founders party and then there'll be podcasts and things like that coming out of there and selling, blah, blah, blah. So, awesome. um, and we're there through the end of December. So the conscious oh, wow. beauty, yeah. So it's not a, a store that stays permanent. We actually are, it's kind of the high end traveling gypsy road show now. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a pop-up, like a pop-up. Yeah, It's a pop-up shop. Yeah. And we're going to different cities throughout the United States. So we were in San Francisco from April through the end of June. And now we're here going to be in Boston till the end of the year. And then next year, We'll be somewhere else. So it's it's a really I great way love that. to get our presence known around the country without the distribution challenges that you would have to fill a million units going into a Target because there's how many Target stores or something along those lines. So it really gives us an opportunity to, to have people see us in person, which is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you have some exciting things going on. <laughs> so this is fantastic. Like, I love it. Makes me want to go there. And what else? Yeah. Well, so I guess when you're talking about goals, it's more like that. It's about raising my awareness, my brand awareness within the, the healthy community, the people who want healthy things and, and spreading that message. So that's a goal. And obviously growing and scaling my business, getting into more salons and spas and boutiques that really mesh with our vibe. I don't want to just be in someone's boutique and just have it be like, oh, I sit on the bottom shelf because nobody cares. Mm -hmm. I want to have a relationship with that, 
with that boutique owner or that spa or salon because it's important. There's a lot of education that goes along with, with what we make. And we want that translated not only to the business owners, but the mm -hmm. consumer. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really big deal. So it's, we want to scale, but scale in the, in the most authentic way. Mm -hmm. you know, and legacy. Oh my goodness. I would say if someone were to think about me personally and our business personally, I would want them to always feel that when they stepped through the door or when they spoke with us, it was always a safe space to be authentically themselves. So whatever issue they were having, whatever problem they were having, that we were always there to listen and educate and be non-judgmental mm -hmm. and really just be authentic as to who we are. And I think, mm -hmm. I think that's what I would want to be remembered for just, and, and, you know, and my sense of humor. I don't know. <laughs> I That's awesome. The authenticity and authentic keep coming up in my radar. It's a, you know, when the words, mm -hmm. they are consistent, like, oh, wow. But like, it's been a word the past month. So it's really interesting. I was reading one of Brene Brown's books and do you read her books? I do. Yeah. She's awesome. So yeah, one of, I've read several, I was listening to one. And anyway, I love that being authentic. It's great. And I don't think you can teach authentic authenticity. So I like that. I have a question for you that came this, it's just kind of a conversational situation. So as I mentioned, I was at the spa this past week in Arizona and I ran across brands that I had never heard of. And this is like everything from bars, like small snack bars that had like protein and like granola bars to olive oils, to skincare, whatnot. So my thought was, it looks really cool. It was like, I'll give you like the food bar, for instance, the snack bar. It was amazing, like delicious. I've never seen that before, but I feel like it has authenticity hmm. and is unique because you can't find it everywhere. And it's not in like the targets, like, do you think the bigger the brand gets, it loses, I can't really say quality, but you feel like you're getting a treasure when you're at these places, at least for me. I love little treasures and brands that aren't in Target and in Sephora, but maybe that's because I like being unique and different and I, not that I strive to, but I just want, so do you think that the bigger the brand gets, it loses some of its... I know what you're trying to say. I, and you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think one of the things that I, I do in some ways, because yeah. in order to scale to that point, it loses some of its, I don't want to say humanity, but in a way it kind of does because you have to have it on such a large grand scale that it shifts away from, like you said, it's like a treasure, but it's also this, like this connection that you get to something mm -hmm. and people always say, well, don't you want to go on Shark Tank and be like in blah, blah, blah. Right. And honestly, I don't. Right. I think you it know? depends on your goals, right? Like if sure. you want to be in target and you want to, everyone to have, you want to, whether it be revenue driven or whether it be so many people using your products, etc. Like for you, example, for your products, I would buy them as gifts. Mm -hmm. If it was in Target, I would not buy it for, as a gift, right? Because right. not everyone has it, right? And so sometimes I think people that are founders or entrepreneurs of beauty products such as this, of course you want to drive revenue and you want to be bigger and you want to grow your business and scale your business. But I also feel like, I, 
I don't know how to explain it, but it's a fine line. It, yeah, it is. Like, cause you, yeah. you still want to, I would think, depending on your goals is like, you still want to carry like the you and maybe like, I can feel your personality and your products, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can feel you if it's in a massly produced, I don't feel you. It just feels like a massly produced product. It's just another thing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just something that you just, you collect and not in a way of like, you enjoy it. It's just like, oh yeah, I just got this. It's very different. So when people will come into the boutique, for example, they're like, oh, look at all the things. It's like, it evokes a feeling. And I think maybe there's, maybe that's what it is, is that it, you don't yeah. have that same excitement, that same feeling, that same thought process when you have something in a big mass retailer versus something that you go to some place that's like you discover something instead. And it changes how you relate to that product, I think. Yeah. I also think it does a switch in my mind, at least for quality. Like I think if it's massly produced, it dilutes the quality. And that that's not necessary. I'm not saying that's true. Just in my brain, it yeah. makes that switch. So like, where's the happy line? I just wondered if other people thought about this. I don't even have a product, but if other people thought about this or if I was just off my rocker because no for sure I think you're right I, I think about that all the time because I don't want and I, I, again that's my goal but I personally don't want to have that loss of that authenticity mm -hmm. yeah. I don't I yeah. think it's I think it's really important yeah that's cool well I'm glad we're on the same thought process I mean but I don't know where that line is drawn right that's going to be different for everyone and i love your shop it looks fantastic thank you <laughs> it's so fun right yeah that's funny that's all right so is there any well how can we help you succeed what can we do how can we support you i think that supporting any small business is huge and you know and i think for us th that connection that chance that you take on a business such as ours is I don't think people realize that when you do this and you're, and it's still small, everything counts. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here putting our best out for you. And when you come in and you'll purchase it, whether it's online or at a, the conscious beauty shop or, or coming into us, into our store, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. We appreciate it to us. That's impactful. And I think that that is, if everybody does that in their community, we'll have a bunch of thriving entrepreneurs in every city yeah. being able to not just like be bootstrapped. I mean, COVID did a lot of bootstrapping for everyone. So now as we're open and doing all these great things, I think that support is huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the best way you can help a small business and you can share their information. You can share their sales. You can and talk and just tell everybody that you can. So I think that's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're happy to support and we'll spread the word. Hi. Is there anything that you need? Oh, you got some money? <laughs> Are you looking for funding? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I th and I think this is where I'm self-funded. I have no investors. This has been me all along, you know, right from the beginning. And that's always a question. Like, do you go and have an investor and then you relinquish some of that control? It makes me seem like a control freak and I'm not. And no. maybe, maybe I, I think, am a little. I think it's but, a normal question. Right? So how do you relinquish that control? Because now somebody else has a say. 
even if it's a small say, you know, you have an obligation, not only then to yourself that you've, because you are obligated to you, but you have an obligation then to, you know, X, Y, and Z person, corporation, company, bank, whatever the case may be. And so it's not just about you anymore. So how do you navigate that? Right. You know, I think so if you're looking for funding, I can make some intros or at least supply you some resources too that invest in female founders. Yes, ma'am. So one, your business feels very much like, like angel investors to me type scenario, but I don't know, but I'll make those intros. But I definitely think you're right. Like you don't want to give up, but I think that's when you have to be really choosy and selecty selective about the investors. Like some people just are so hungry for the money. They take the first bite, the first mm -hmm. offer and they end up losing their entire vision. But you know, I feel like you can interview investors just like they interview you, you know, like mm -hmm. I have never seen it. Why don't we make them do slide decks and Huh. <laughs> you're right though i think i think that people don't think of it that way because as much as you know they get all nervous because you're going to oh i don't know what's going to happen they're in you know but yeah. just like anything even a job interview you need to know if that's a right place for you right i mean right? yeah you're taking their money but they're taking your company right like part of it but i think if you got the right investor maybe they would bring new ideas and help catapult that right like that's For what sure. you truly want you want somebody that won't mess in your daily business but that will enhance you right yeah and i think that's a really great way to say it because like you get to a point where you don't have the extra income to scale it when you need to scale it mm -hmm. and i think that's what we were talking about challenges before that's a challenge yeah. For sure. Because you get a phone call from somebody and says, Hey, I want a thousand units of that magic mushroom. And you're like, okay, money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta upfront that money, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. that's your money. Putting, you're going to get the money back and then some, but that money's got to come from somewhere. And you're going like, Oh, now what? Okay. <laughs> so yeah that type of thing where you have that flexibility to be able to to have that scalability and i say scale because it always i don't know that's just the, the word i go to but it's like access to something it's like this floating back and forth yeah. you know that you have that little you have to tap into this in order to do this but if you don't have this you can't do this right so yeah yeah it's tricky it's, it's tricky. Tr tricky yeah right i think that is probably where like if you were giving advice to others, like what advice would you give to others? Cause in that, my thought process was when you make money off of your business in a product type business to get launched and to be able to scale is putting your money right back into the business. Like, I feel like it's crucial to do that. What advice would you give to others? Say somebody has an idea to make a product or they're just starting out. Like what would you, what advice would you give them? Work first any company. Maybe they don't have a product. Maybe it's sure. But I think operate with your, with your gut. It doesn't steer you wrong. You don't have to be impulsive just because you listen to your intuition. Right. And I think that's a really big thing. And a lot of the, the growth that I've experienced is because I've had this intuition part of me that's, it just felt right. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. No matter how much money you think you're going to make. Mm. I think that that is it. And yeah, I want more money, but 
there are so many things that I'm like, mm, no, that really just doesn't, it's not, doesn't sit well with me, doesn't match my principles, doesn't match my vision. And it's easy initially to take, like you said, even with investors, you take everything because you need that, you need it, right? You think right. you need it. Or you're desperate. Right. So don't act out of desperation, act out of intention. And I think that's, that's a big piece of advice because you will attract that client that needs to be yours if you are acting in that way. Mm -hmm. If you're acting out of desperation, you're not going to attract the client that is the one that wants to stay with you. Right. So I think that, you know, especially even if you're not selling a product, I think that means even more if you're not actually selling, you're selling a service versus a product because what you're putting out there into the world is going to come back to you. Yeah. So on the metaphysical sense and, and how, what I believe that's, that would be it. And then take some risks. So I, I think I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth, but <laughs> you know, it all makes sense to me. <laughs> thank you. But then take some risks. You know, sometimes it's not about the cash money that comes into your drawer at the end of something. It is about the experience that you gain that allows you not only to grow as a as person, but in your business and in your community but for other business owners your experience can be invaluable to somebody else that's just starting out and share that but don't be don't tell everybody everything that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> don't throw away your secret sauce <laughs> <laughs> i mean just a little just enough Oh, you're funny. So where can we buy your products? Like we'll share the link and all the information, but tell everyone where's the best place. I, are you, I'll just shut up there. I have like, I get carried away <laughs> with all these questions in my mind. If you haven't noticed my mind, it runs well. It's okay. I can follow your squirrel. It's good. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right with that. So Buffalo Gal Organics, that's okay. our website. So obviously if you're not local to us, that's the best place to go. That's where we have everything. Same thing on social. You can shop off of, off of Instagram for selected products. And we're Buffalo Gal Organics on Instagram, Buffalo Gal Organics on Facebook, and you can shop off of there as well, but follow us there. We're on TikTok as Buffalo Gal Organics, you know, completely original. And then if you're in the Western New York area, down around Buffalo, we have a boutique in Williamsville, New York. So you can shop with us in person. So do you dance on TikTok? Oh, nobody wants to see me dance on TikTok. <laughs> I got I got a booty girl. I'm not dancing on there. Oh, Kidding come me? on. It's fun. <laughs> no. I I mean, I guess I did this one. I have to say, I can't believe I'm going to admit this on like live everything. But, you know, we with Magic Mushroom, there's always this joke about, you know, ooh, Magic Mushroom, is it that kind of mushroom? Like, really, people? I'm 50 years old. It's not that mushroom. So... I did this one and it had like this weird kooky music and like, you know, I was like, Woo, you know, being goofy about it. And I got like three views. I'm like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do that again. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Oh, you so, yeah, have I think that, the, that whole magic mushroom thing on TikTok. Oh my gosh. You would, I think if you got into the right, it's been a while since I've watched it, but what they used to have like art TikTok and like different groups, you know what I mean? That are on, you'd get yeah, in like the I don't even know. TikTok, right? Like the near for you page would be fantastic. Oh. 
Yeah, I don't know. I sincerely like, I am definitely a press point and shoot type of girl. So all of this is it's just me being in the mode of being figure outable. And I'm just like, oh, this is how we do this. Oh, so I change it this time. So I'm definitely a learn, learn by example. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the challenges. Like I don't do the Dorito slap in the face or whatever that it was, the tortilla. Like that's just, no. No. Right, right. No, uh, that's not me. I know it's crazy, but we'll include buffalogalskincare.com. That's where you can find her, and then look up Buffalo Gal on yep. all the socials and all the things. Yeah, all the things, and we will include all the things in the notes and on our website and in our blog. So check them out. I can't wait. I'm gonna buy some stuff myself. And I can't wait to try magic mushroom. I'm excited. And the candles. You'll and love it. Actually, I'm actually pretty excited. About it. Yeah, all so, of our fall candles are coming out next week. Oh, yay. That's cool. Yeah, so we have, we got some cool ones like sweater weather. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah, they're fun. That's cool. They're fun. That's fun. Yeah. So we will support you and spread the word. If there's anything that you ever need, let us know. And then I'll follow up with you and make some intros or at least provide some resources for funding and you can explore those. And I'm, we're so excited. I'm super excited that you joined us today and I love your spirit and keep being awesome. Thank you. I am full of gratitude for having met you and having our conversation. I'm sure this is now going to be more than just one is the way I feel. I feel you're part of my tribe now. So yeah, thank yeah, you. I love it. Well, you have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds like a plan. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.